learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. It's time, Samurai. God, love that intro music. Oh, hey! Didn't see you there, friend. <laughs> Welcome to Syndication, uh, episode two. This is a podcast where three guys watch movies and then chat about them like experts because we know everything about these movies. Uh, so this is uh, this is your host, Tyler Young. Hi, nice to meet you. I am Devin Ellis. And I'm Matt. Last name withheld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like share. Yeah, it's a government thing. Oh right, I forgot your uh, your, your witness protection program. No, I'm just transgender. Does that mean you don't you drop your last name when that happens? Is that yeah, a thing I don't know, know? What that means? I well, I mean it could be. I'm not that well versed in transgenderism. Somebody sold me a bill of goods. <laughs> I thought this meant I got more cookies. <laughs> uh, so okay, so Matt picked this episode. And it's uh, oh you know what before before we get into the actual movie the actual like meat of the show uh, I want to issue not an apology per se but I just want to comment on like how really serious I got in the first episode <laughs> we were arguing about close encounters of the third kind and for some reason I like stopped trying to be entertaining like I was just like no Matt you're wrong you should like this movie let me change your mind and I kept trying to reiterate my same points over and over again to get you to agree and i was listening to it i listened to it twice after we recorded it and i'm like man what is why why was i doing that what, <laughs> what was wrong with me uh this episode totally nonchalant i'm not gonna do this weird uh, argument thing all entertainment from here on in that's my pledge to you two and to our fans or fan singular uh. I'm just going to cut all of that out so that you look like a jackass. No. <laughs> it stays in the show, dick. When, when I edit it, it is, it is, I am the decider. <laughs> the decider. That's a reference. all the power. Yeah, that's a reference to Matt hoarding the Iron Throne during our Game of Thrones board game night. All right. So, Matt, you pitched this week's episode. I picked this week's episode. Do you want to you want to introduce it? Maybe maybe say like why you picked it. Yeah, so we watched uh, Akira Kurosawa's The Seven Samurai. Um, you know, it shows up in like all these different you know best hundred films of all time lists, um, and you know Kurosawa's supposed to be this like really visionary. Um, like uh, I don't even know what the word is. Like he he in a lot of ways defined Japanese cinema and uh, international cinema. So I was kind of interested in that, um, just because I'd never seen any of his films, and he had like a fifty year career or something crazy like that. So it's kind of a crime that I never saw any of it. You know, I've definitely heard the name before, and I may have seen one of his films at one point without realizing it. Was yeah. it was this his like first big one? No. No, he, he was famous uh, before and after this. Um, I don't know all the details of his. I think the thing that put it in my brain was there's a, a YouTube channel called uh, Every Frame of Painting. I just watched that video. Yeah, I forget the, I forget the guy's name. Tony Tony Zhu, maybe? Um, and he, he just, like, breaks down different, you know, 
film analysis subjects. And he did a whole episode um, on Kurosawa and movement. And I had like watched it recently when we were talking about starting this podcast up. So I think that's what sort of put it in my head. He called him the Beethoven of movement, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like camera movement or like the the characters, like the way that they are blocked and the way they move on the... the in the scenes or, or both yes, yes. <laughs> got it it is both yes yeah he uh I, I think in the youtube video i don't want to like plagiarize but i think in the youtube video he says there are like four big ways of movement there's nature because kurosawa loves to have like moving things from nature like wind or, or rain or snow or fire in, in his scenes and then there's movement of the camera which he does a lot like he does these long unbroken takes with lots of camera movements uh movement of the individual uh which is just that like the blocking in kurosawa films is really exaggerated um and then uh movement of the group he loves uh group reaction shots and group movement to sort of emphasize points there's a lot of that Um, in this movie yeah i definitely could see that yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, I mean, that was what sort of put it in my head. Um, and I think it was going through my head the whole time I was watching it. Um, but yeah, that's why I picked it. I'd never seen a Kurosawa film. He's considered one of the greatest directors to ever live. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I watch movies, I tend to... Uh, my, my wife is a performer. Um, and so every time I watch movies with her, she's always focusing on the performance of actors. Uh, and I tend to watch uh, for the writing and direction are the two things that I usually pick up on. So I was really interested in a great director. That's why I wanted to watch it. Hmm. I think I lean towards the performance side of it. I tend to, to focus on how characters are, are uh, portraying their, or actors are portraying their characters. Um, mm. actually like with this one too, like uh, I tend to, if I have subtitles on during a show or a movie or something, like I kind of like looking at just the printed flat, like I'd read the line real quick and I see how they, like the actor portrays it, you know, how they actually deliver that line. And I'm impressed about like, cause I try to like quickly in my head, think of like, how would I do that line? Like, how would I read that out loud? And I see how the actor does it. You know, I think that's kind of impressive. Mm. But I guess depending I mean, on the, it's good though. Yeah. That's that's different perspectives, right? I guess depending on the uh on the filmmaker too or like what I'm watching, I I, I also like I like the way uh, different shots are framed or like how things are set up. Like I think a lot of this movie is like really beautifully done. Um like Oh yeah. I, I see why he's like a renowned director now. Mm. Um like the the shot composition is outstanding like there was never a scene that was boring to look at he managed to make even like really static um like dialogue scenes really interesting i thought yeah yeah me too um i was i was gripped the entire movie even though like sometimes the scenes like not a whole lot's happening it's just people just kind of like doing their business you know like oh we're uh, we're doing some farming right now or like oh we're like cutting these bamboo like they're 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 like making weapons out of bamboo like these pikes or whatever but like you know it's taking a while and the whole uh, not a whole lot's happening but it's still like the way it's shot and the way the characters are like you know 
interacting with each other was was really interesting you know and kept kept me kept me in it the whole time although it's so, so goddamn I mean, long that Devin and I had to break yeah it up I was gonna say parts. we have to touch on the fact that it's extremely long yeah very yeah. very long it comes in at 3.5 hours I think three three hours and yeah, 27 th- minutes was was the copy I watched yeah, yeah, we, with we a the uh, like thing. five or six minute intermission in the middle. So, so what I was reading was that they originally had actually cut it down, um, took like fifty five minutes off for the American release initially because they didn't Sweet. think no that, attention spans. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> which I might be true. It. I don't because I don't we all watched a... it in installments. Because <laughs> it it wasn't even. Um... It wasn't even just the length; it was the pacing. Like it was so methodical in the way that it moved. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even like I'm not trying to bag on it, but like I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I had to break it up into like three or four installments. I've been watching this movie for like three or four days now. <laughs> uh, Devin and I See? got together last night um, and watched it, and we got about an hour and forty five minutes in, and halfway through that, we took a we took a cigarette break, and then. Uh, we got to that moment where, like, man, like we already sat through the length of a long movie, and there's still a whole half left, and like we're both like, you know, I'm not speaking for Devin, but like I enjoyed it, I liked it up until that point, but I was so exhausted that like I have to take a break, and like I want to stay emotionally invested in it, and I feel like at this mm-hmm. point I won't be, so I kind of want to like get to it, the, you know, tomorrow. I actually th- thought that scene to scene. Um, I actually thought it was really well paced. Um, I thought even the there were only really like two two or three points where I thought it was kind of dragging on a little bit. Some of the more more methodical scenes, but for the most part, I thought that every scene had its had a had a pretty pretty easy to to, to see purpose, you know, for for the film and and kind of brought a lot to it. Um, and I I was as I was saying to Tyler, I think that uh, it almost would have been better as like um a series you know because there, there's some pretty distinct points where where they could have been broken up into like you know 30 or 45 minute installments mm-hmm. um and it's it was basically just binge watching that because i thought the pacing scene to scene was fine but you know there was a lot a lot going on and a lot to say throughout the entire story so it added up to you know whatever three and a half hours or whatever it was yeah like episode one the bandits attack we see the whole attack or whatever right like, <laughs> like the first one or whatever then it shows like next like the next year and it's like the bandits are like showing up and like okay we're gonna go get them when they when they harvest their 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 crops excuse me and uh and then like maybe the at the end of episode one would be like the town deciding like okay we're gonna hammer we're gonna hire some samurai and get them in here to uh finish these guys off and so we can fucking eat um so who who it might it might be obvious but who's your favorite characters in this movie <laughs> you go first right you ask the question <laughs> all right so i already know i already told Devin. yeah oh really he he, he, he called your character by the way tyler <laughs> called my character yeah he called he he said tyler tyler likes um Oh fuck! What was his name? Oh yeah. Okay, so, so I don't have any names spelled written different. <laughs> it it was spelled differently than Kikuchio? they pronounced it in the movie. It is spelled uh, Kikuchio, but they tended to pronounce it Chuchio, at least in my Kikuchio. ear. Kikuchio. It sounded. Kikuchio. It almost sounded like one syllable when they're like yelling his name, like Chuyo, Chuyo. You know. 
Yeah, uh, what, so let, let's decide on one thing. Do we want to call him Kikuchio or Chuchio? I want to say Kikuchio because that's what I was calling him, and that's what it was in the subtitles every okay. time. Kikuchio. Yeah, clearly he was my favorite because uh, he's so crazy. So uh, I, I had like no time before we started this this podcast, this episode, for me to look up anything except for like I stopped at Dunkin' Donuts on the way home and I like just look, went through like Wikipedia real fast. And it's kind of like looking up like little tidbits. So like one of the very few things I had was that that character was written in after the script is already done. They're like, look, we need someone who's upbeat and crazy and kind of a drunk and he's fun to watch. And so they, they wrote him in. Uh, um, the, I think Mifune was the guy that, that plays him. He, uh, yeah, it was. he was supposed to play another character. I forget which one. K- Kikuyo or something. I forget. Uh, but so he they took this part, this this made up part, and they let him improvise or like like all that crazy stuff he did, all the noises he did, all the crazy faces and jumping around and whatever like that was all him improvising on the spot. He was so apparently animated. He an, apparently, he is an actor is known for acting with his whole body. I was reading. Mm. He definitely did in this movie. Love the way that he would like pace with this like sword on his back, and he had like his head hunched over, and he's like like doing this like kind of like menacing look, yeah. and then like stomp his feet. And you know, you know what's interesting is I read somewhere that, um, or maybe this was in the Every Frame of Painting video I was watching, um, that uh, Kurosawa used to tell his actors to pick one uh, like action. Um, for their character and to repeat it throughout the movie Um, (laughs) really so i noticed with kikuchio there was a lot of his like uh stomping and he also did this thing where he would like roll his shoulders yeah or throw a rock do he loved to throw rocks that's what i was gonna say (laughs) pick up a rock and throw it into a river the old guy was constantly rubbing his head kambe yeah like whenever he felt embarrassed or or sort of overwhelmed he'd like rub his shaved head which is what you do a lot I do. Devin I think was saying I, like, that's I a, identified with him. I think because Devin was saying that's a bald people thing. Yeah, we wouldn't get it. Um, it's a bald thing. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's it's for the advanced race. Bald people um, are advanced. Yeah, because we're further away from apes than the rest of you. Yeah, but like Is in the winter, I'm much more comfortable. You know what I mean? That's what hats are for, Tyler. Because we're advanced. <laughs> But I have lining inside my head naturally. <laughs> also, I don't have to spend money and wear an extra thing on my head. Yeah, it gets cold. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> All right, David, you haven't you haven't talked much. Like, uh, what, who, what was your take? Who did you identify with? What was? I wouldn't say I necessarily identified with a character, but I thought I also enjoyed uh, Kikuchio. I thought he was uh, very entertaining. Um, there were a fair amount of points in the film where I uh, was genuinely like uh, laughing, um, and I thought thought it was pretty funny for for a good amount. And there was uh, a couple of scenes where that were really serious, and and I really uh, empathized with some of the characters. So um, I really enjoyed enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was really well made. Um, as I mentioned before, I thought it was paced well, scene for scene. Um, I didn't I wouldn't necessarily cut out even some of the more uh, slow methodical scenes, but um, maybe breaking it up into installments is a better way to enjoy it. Like like with the intermission, they could have just done like part one and then part two next year. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think the way we watched it, like me and Tyler, just in two, is probably reasonable because it's like two full-length movies, you know, essentially, um, hour and forty-five minutes each. And I thought I thought that was that was fine. You know, what's interesting is uh, in my is it <laughs> in my inability to finish this movie in one sitting, I watched a number of other movies while I was taking breaks from this one. <laughs> Like a palate and one cleanser. of them was uh, was Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. Have you guys seen that movie? Weird. Devin brought that up because I was like, "Oh, they remade this. They they did a version of this movie in the in the West. It's called Magnificent Seven. But he's like, "Oh, you mean Hateful Eight? I'm like, no, that's the new Quentin Tarantino bottle movie. <laughs> yeah, not at all the same thing. I haven't but seen it. Interestingly, no, it. it's really good. You should go see it. Um, I saw it in uh, whatever the special, like, 70 millimeter or whatever it was that he released it in. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I went and saw that with uh, my wife, and uh, it it had an intermission. Like, music literally played for 10 minutes, and you were supposed to get up from your seat and go, you know, piss or eat. Food. Really? And it was, it was much longer. It was much longer than the theatrical release. Um, Weird. And at the beginning, it had um, shit. I can't remember the name. They had shit uh, in the movie? That's a real bold choice. (laughs) It's the thing at the beginning where they play all of the musical themes. I totally can't remember it. Mm. Yeah, it was like like a five or six minute like musical thing at the beginning. Um, And so like I, I, for whatever reason, as I was watching this movie, I kept thinking about The Hateful Eight. Um because they're similar in a lot of ways. Like I feel like Tarantino was like trying to sort of evoke these like, you know, classic movies that are epic in scope and have this like fully developed um, uh, like musical score with motifs and stuff and and an intermission, Uh, except that it's Tarantino. So like literally every second of that movie is tense. Um, And I didn't get that here. And I don't know if that's because movie making has come along or they're different directors you know what i mean like maybe it's not bad that uh kurosawa doesn't sort of like fill every second with tension that's like what tarantino's known for mm-hmm. um but like watching those two movies in, in like side by side in the same you know week i think uh did like a disservice to the seven samurai because i kept wondering like why isn't this more tense um, and like people would die and it didn't feel like there were like, at least for me, I didn't have like real emotional reactions most of the time. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, when Hayahachi died, the first, the first samurai to die, Devin yeah. and I were like, what just happened? Was. Yeah. We knew who it was. They, they said it like he like went to go run off to, uh, Rikiki, I think his name is the, the villager that got the samurai in the first place. I think it was Rikichi. Rikichi, I think. Yeah. Let's yeah. call him. Let's call him Ricky because we're racist. So Ricky, Ricky, <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Rand. Uh, yeah. So Rikichi, he like he like runs off to go like um, get his wife. Uh, they just had seen for the first time in however long. And- Which, by the way, that woman hated him so much that besides just running off to bed down with the bandits. When she what? saw his sad face, wasn't she? Kidnapped? She literally ran back into the flaming building no, to get away from no. him. She was kidnapped by bandits, and so distraught yeah. that when she saw him, she's like, 
you know, because of the the misogyny of Japan, especially back in the day, I'm not going to say anything about today, but especially back in the 1500s, she's like, oh no, I'm tainted goods. I've been soiled by bandits. I'm, I can't bear to see my lover's face. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, she killed herself out of shame. Yeah. I, I Garrett, she was... And, and they well, said there's so. There's no way you can say that. It, it was obviously open to interpretation. She definitely I was like kidnapped, though. That, I like to think that Ricky's such a bad lover. It's Rikichi, that she by ran the way. into a burning building to get away from him. <laughs> it's a real dark way. Yeah. <laughs> it is Rikichi, oh, by the way. This fucking guy again. And uh, Rikichi. And they say uh, so. Excuse you. His name is Ricky. <laughs> and he says Ricky so. Ricardo. He says so later in the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> When uh, when what's his name is freaking out about his daughter having slept with the kid samurai, that was hard Ma- to watch. Monzo, 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 and uh, and he's like, at least at least she wasn't you know taken by bandits, which clearly is you know what happened to his wife, or that's what he wants the village to think. Man, yeah. I really like. I understand that um, it's a different culture and it's a different time period that it was made in, and it was set even further back from you know the time period it was made in. But it was really hard to watch, especially that you know like those two slept together. Uh, you know, like that not only did they like, oh no, she you know her father's freaking out and starts beating her and like oh she's tainted goods or whatever. They let her just lay there in the mud in the rain crying. And then, like a scene later, they're like, uh, I forget the name of the of the the samurai, the younger samurai. I just call him the apprentice. They're like, "Hey, man, uh, you're a." Uh, his name was Katsushiro. Katsushiro, like, "Hey, Katsushiro, you're a man you now." Just yeah. call him Kitty Cat. <laughs> so Kid Kitty Cat, because he's a kid. kid I kid really cat. thought cat. in that in that scene where she was crying in the rain. I really thought because uh, Kitty Cat slept with her. <laughs> I like kid cat, like kid kid cat. Okay. <laughs> I really thought uh, Kambe com, Kambi kid cat Kambe. Oh, Kambi yeah, Kambe. I really thought Holy. he was going to uh, a stop and like do something about it because he like he has that moment where he pauses and he considers and then he just walks off and leaves her there and it's like oh okay I guess that's how you're dealing with this situation then. And kid cat didn't even go over to like uh, console her or anything like that. He just was just standing there forlorn like oh man i ruined this woman by sleeping with her i thought the weirdest part was afterwards when kambe like it was this clearly like traumatic experience for everybody involved and afterwards kambe is like yeah man you're a man now yeah. broke that cherry exactly <laughs> and everyone's like ah, 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 and like laughing about it and then it never resolves they're just like she sees him later on after the battle. She's like in the rice paddies, and she sees him, and she's kind of like, "I can't even, I can't even look at it." Yeah, him they don't even get I'm together so... in the end. No. What's up with that? Uh, because I don't think there's like a real moral to that story. It's just like, well, this fucked up thing happened. These two slept together out of you know out of wedlock, and uh, well, that happens sometimes on the battlefield. <laughs> you know, there's no like love triumphs over all. It's just like this horrible thing happened where two lovers got together and. One got, you know, tainted by this man, and then the the guy, like, good for him, though, because he's now a man now, and then uh, the end. <laughs> it was really, like, <laughs> I was watching, like, ooh, boy, I guess I just have to press yeah, forward on that it, one, just, like, <laughs> let that one wash over me, and fuck it, I guess. I, I felt like the movie ended really unceremoniously, which, like, maybe there was a point to that. I liked it. I don't know. 
I like that it was there was just no like running okay, off. like yeah. everybody's dead. We're done. Now. It was it was clear. It was a tragic ending. And at the beginning of the movie, you know, I was talking to Tyler. I, I was like, this is you know, this is it's a foreign movie. It's gonna be able to end in a in a sad way for the most part. I thought it was relatively tragic. Like, Combe's uh, last like statement was, uh, you know, this was another battle that this was a battle that we lost. You know, the peasants won or the farmers won. Um, but, but we lost it because they lost and they have that final scene where it's just the three living ones standing behind the graves of um, the four samurais and all the other people who had died. Yeah. Like, that's so a tragic that's, ending. Well, that's ending. why I saw it as bittersweet because he says it was a victory for them. It was a loss for us, you know, like, so mm-hmm. it, you know, they say they, they accomplished what they set out to do, but they sustained heavy losses during it. So it's like, yeah, you know, good for them. They're singing and dancing. They're doing like the Ewok, like jump, jump, dance, like at the end. And uh, <laughs> yeah, but they lost more than half of their crew doing it. You know, so like, I, I wouldn't say it's just tragic. You know, but yeah, it's it's that's how you feel about it with your wrong opinion. <laughs> we talked about this, Tyler. <laughs> I'm breaking my pledge already. God damn it. No, but I, like. <laughs> I agree with you, Tyler. It's not just tragic because there is like three generations of samurai that have sort of bonded together in this little quasi family, like leaving yeah. together. Um, and I, I like it, the villagers are happy. I don't know. Like I agree, it was bittersweet. There was happiness to it. It wasn't just straight up tragic. Yeah, they had a song think, and like, dance. The number. technical definition, you know, of a tragedy is like. Everybody dies. Yeah, Romeo and Juliet, the main characters, are both dead, and everyone just cries over their dead bodies. And yeah. Or the room where uh, Tommy Wiseau shoots himself in the face, and then everyone's like, no. Spoiler alert. All right, you haven't seen the room. We just talked about this last episode. <laughs> but then he comes back as well, a ghost. Now I can't see. You've ruined it, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, sorry that I ruined that masterpiece. Learn to keep your mouth shut. the edge of your seat the entire movie. Um... Yeah. We're going to get together and watch what? Disaster Artist, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think that's Part of the thing that I was really interested in going in was like, okay, Seven Samurai, you're making... You're, you're like setting a goal. You're making a promise to me that there are going to be seven main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really interested in like, how do you make me care about and know an ensemble of that size? Um, and I see what he did. I think that there were a lot of like, I think he almost got there, but in the end, I don't feel like I cared about all seven of the samurai. Or knew them particularly well. But I, I was interested in what you guys thought about that. Like, did you feel like he did a good job of introducing all of them and, like, I thought giving them. Yeah, I, I thought that you. Um, I didn't get it until most of the way through the movie, right? So if it was a shorter, shorter film, I don't think I would have been able to um, really grow to, to that many characters. Uh, that many main characters that is um, but I actually knew pretty much all of them by the end of the film I think I would definitely benefit a lot from a second watch now that I've you know fully mm, yeah. established who's who and 
and and what but um but yeah by, by the end of the film like especially when they started dying um i pretty much knew the characters and, and had developed some sort of feeling about them um the only one who i wasn't really super familiar with was the uh the, the last samurai who who lived tom cruise uh, <laughs> <laughs> um that wasn't the kid and wasn't kambe uh what was his name uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna butcher this shichi roji shichi roji uh shichi roji yeah yeah I, let's call let's call him roji he was the only one who i didn't really remember or roger let's call him roger <laughs> who let's just americanize the shit out of everybody <laughs> <laughs> who he was and and what he you know I, I didn't really have any feelings for him like he could have died earlier on and i would have been like right. yeah whatever yeah the fat guy with beard um, fat guy without beard i didn't really care too much about them i didn't really know anything about them other than oh one one of them didn't fall for that trick. Beard. yeah one but, of them didn't fall for the uh club over the head trick when he walked in the doorway he's like ah, i see what's happening i'm not walking in that doorway but he was the one who knew uh kambe to begin with right like he was the one who fat huh roger shichiroji you talking about roger no, no, Shichiroji. Roger. Are we calling him Roger? Is that the idea? <laughs> well, it went from Ro- Roji to Roger. Uh, he he was the one. Yeah, Roger. Roger was his lieutenant in a former war. Oh, okay. According to Wikipedia. Yeah, they had they had the same. Uh, and I felt right? like they gave him zero characterization. Yeah. I thought. Yeah, I I I understand why he would have been chosen because he was you know established as being a his, uh, character from existing characters past like he was you know unknown in the in the story uh but i really didn't have any feelings about him he looked so much like gorobai uh that when he that's fat beard mm-hmm. for those of you who are playing at home gorobi Gor- what did i say gorobai let's call him gobot gorobi <laughs> he looked so much like gobot <laughs> that when they because the they scene that intro, introduced roger they were just walking into like the place where they were staying in town uh talking and i was With like oh shit over the like trick. uh gobot shaved <laughs> like why'd he do that uh and then i was like oh no this is a new character i did the same thing i was with Devin. like wait so how come they're like introducing him again we just we just talked to this guy and I went, uh oh, did I just do a racism? <laughs> yep, you did a racism. These two look the same. As did I. Um, I thought he so like uh Garobi, I didn't think was great. I liked him. But I had some characterization from him. Uh Roger, nothing. I like I, I thought that he really didn't have any character. Who's who's Roger? And then uh Roji? Roger was fat no beard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The nicknames you, you've made up are, are making me more confused, I think. <laughs> I like them. I, it's not that hard. It's... Uh, Kit Kat. Kid Cat. Kit Kid Cat. <laughs> it's Kid Cat. <laughs> it's uh, Gobot. Mm-hmm. It's Roger. Ricky. Uh, and I think that's it. Oh, yeah, Ricky. Cuccio. Who's Ricky? I know his name well enough. <laughs> Ricky is uh, Rikichi. Okay. He's the villager, the young villager whose wife ran into a burning building to not have to see his penis again. Is that is that what happened, Matt? That's exactly <laughs> that's how what I remember it. Yeah. You gotta you gotta look into the subtext, Devin. Yeah. Mm. Get on my level, Devin. <laughs> um 
And then I thought, honestly, the first one to die, uh, Heihachi, or whatever his name was, um, I didn't I didn't get a lot from him either. Like, they said, like, oh, he's funny, he'll raise your spirits, and then, like, he was just, like, a dude. I don't know, like, I didn't feel like I had any idea who he was. He made the flag, though, right? That was, like, his, that was his thing, the banner? He made the flag. He made the flag. Um... He uh, he was the one that also tried to sit down and talk with uh, uh with uh, Rikichi, right? He was the one that was like, "Hey, man, you gotta you gotta like open up and start talking, otherwise the shit's gonna like eat you up inside." Wasn't that him? I think so. I honestly don't remember. Um, so, so in that scene, I was I was trying to talk about it earlier, and you uh completely derailed me. Thanks a lot. Uh, <laughs> Devin and I like had to rewind uh, Hihachi's death scene over and over again. So like, what killed him? What happened? Like, I heard a noise, like a bang, and then he went down. But they never showed a musket or talked about a musket. We're like, wait, were muskets even a thing back in the 1500s in Japan? Like, what the fuck? So I had to look up. I had to Google. I had samurai. to look up. No, you looked up. Did muskets exist in the 1500s? <laughs> in Which Japan? they did. They had been there for 40 years. So I looked up, I had to Google Seven Samurai, and I typed an H, and I was like, Hihachi's death? I'm like, yes. And I looked up, and it's like, he got shot. I'm like, okay, thank you. Because <laughs> he just like kind of fell well, over. So that's actually a really interesting point. Um, is I was, I was reading up on this movie in the two hours since I finished it and before we're recording. And uh, apparently, like, so it, it's in this, like, there was this genre of samurai movies in Japan when Kurosawa was working. And so in some ways, this is a love letter to the samurai epic genre. And in some ways it's not because he also introduced all this realism into it where before they were like these really like romanticized visions of Like they weren't exactly people. They're like symbols almost walking around. Yeah. And, and one of the things, one of the ways in which he broke the paradigm of the genre was the rifles, which were huge plot points mm. um, and are not present in any other samurai movies, really. Even though they existed really? at the time. Um, right. So I was I was curious what you guys thought about that, like the introduction of, of firearms into this movie. Because it changed things. Like, people died to them. Um, I liked that... Um... I like that they pose like a big threat, like, oh shit, these guys have muskets. Like, we really gotta like stay behind these walls, these these, these like defenses that we built and hide in these trenches. And um, I like that uh, it, it almost marks like the beginning of the end of samurai. Really, um, the fact that they existed, even like, oh shit, these swords are like outmoded now compared to these rifles. Um. Yeah, I mean, at the end, Kyozo, who's like this, like the the swordsman, right, um, dies because somebody just shoots him yeah. from a building. Uh, that's how uh, Kikuchio dies too. He gets he gets he tries to walk in that building and gets shot right like as he's walking in. Right, and still takes out the leader. That was great. He still like walks in like yeah and like runs him through. Gotta love that character. <laughs> Kikuchi was the best. He was every time he was on screen. I'm like, yay! He <laughs> was so funny. I loved the relationship that he had with the village kids because he's such like a, a yeah. like a hard headed, arrogant you know character, and yet he he loves he loved like making um, all the village children laugh. 
Like he totally, like you could tell, like he was getting, you know, something out of it. Um, and I thought, you know, it's clearly because he's, you know, the most childish adult character in the film. I think that's why I connected with him so much. Like, hey, that's me. I'm a, I'm a third-year-old child. Yeah, that's what Matt said. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, he's right. He knows me. By the way, Devin, uh, for the that I do for the listeners, Devin is playing with a knife right in front of the camera, like in front of his face. So all I see is him playing with a knife. Is that like a power move? Are you like trying to intimidate <laughs> us? I'm not What's actually looking at. I'm not actually looking at the camera. Oh, hey, look! You messaged me. What do you? Yes. What was the you, message? I, I'm <laughs> just. I'm knife? just fiddling with stuff. Yeah, Matt asked me why I was playing with a knife. <laughs> see, I'm going to bring it right out in front of the audience. What the. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we shouldn't do video. It's just distracting. No, no, this is perfect. You is should it? just start whittling too while we're talking. Just... <laughs> I can do that. I'll do it in front of the microphone. Actually, hold on. So we can just hear you like shink, shink. I thought this movie was. Uh... <laughs> is that helping? Is that set the atmosphere? You're really painting a picture with sound. Mm. <laughs> um. Okay. So. Before we start uh, getting into the like wrapping up, we got you know, we're we're about like forty minutes in, so we don't have to go on for too much longer. Is there anything burning about the movie you wanna you wanna talk about before we start like giving the, our scores, our ratings, how we how we felt about it? Uh oh, I lost audio. I can't hear any of you guys. We're not talking. That's why. <laughs> Matt's saying stuff. I see his lips moving. Matt, are you saying stuff? I'm still muted. God damn. <laughs> Why are you muted, so, Matt? I was muted so that I could type you a message about the knife. Oh. And then I thought I unmuted and talked about the knife when Tyler brought up the knife. So you're talking this whole time. But I was muted the whole time. That's good. It's okay. We'll have your independent recording. We can just splice it in. I think it's <laughs> muted there, too. I muted it on the mic. but Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. I kind of. You, sh- it is you should it keep is, all this yeah. in. I think it's kind of entertaining. So, so what do you think? Um, is I, there is there any other burning points you want to make? Yeah, I was really interested in what you guys thought about, like, um, like when you were watching, did you see sort of this movie's legacy in other things you've watched? Yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. Just the whole, even just the whole plot in general, like um, the I've seen it before. I wish I, I wish I could remember. I even. I feel like I've seen a remake of this movie, even if it maybe it wasn't called Seven Samurai, but I've seen a, a Japanese movie, a samurai movie, where they come into a town and help, like, teach them how to defend against an onslaught of enemies. And the entire town, like, booby mm. traps a town and fights off everybody in the mud and in the rain. So I feel like it was a... I feel like I saw this movie, but a newer version at some point years ago and like kind of like it, I forgot about it. And then I was watching this like, Holy crap. Like I had this like weird deja vu. Like I've seen this before. I um, feel like I've seen pieces of this movie as, you know, having influenced tons of films. Like there, there every, most of the scenes in this film felt really familiar just because of how, um, you know, how, how many other films and TV shows even, you know, have, have taken pieces from it or, like I, I haven't seen Magnificent Seven, but I've seen like shows and movies and stuff where like a Western town defends against. Oh man, what was it that that comedy? Uh, the Three Amigos. I think they do that. They like the whole town, 
like booby traps their town and all the townspeople get together to fight off this one gang which is very mm. similar um the, the whole trope of like getting the band together like recruiting all of these guys for this mission that was like the first time it was done in this movie and i've seen it like it's almost like not even a trope it's just like a thing that happens in movies like yeah you know they gotta get the band together first before they they go off on a mission from god and like every every member has to have like their own little story or their own like uh uh hook oh like that, that makes you that masterpiece that came out uh uh recently uh suicide squad <laughs> that oh, masterpiece like, yeah. oh my god that was so good <laughs> um like the, keep it up dc you're doing a great job you guys are aces don't change a thing just keep letting Zack Snyder do whatever he wants. God damn it! Why do they? Why do they just? Why do they keep giving him <laughs> control? I don't know. I don't he sucks know. so much. I hate Zack Snyder so much. <laughs> are Are you one of the uh, the Watchmen haters too? No, I actually like that one because okay, Zack Snyder knows how to make a movie look good, but he's a meathead, so he doesn't know how to write anything. So like that movie was great because it's Alan Moore wrote it and he just mm. he shot for shot line for line did alan moore's book and so he just made alan moore's story look good on film but it you know if he had you know but you know then he went out to do sucker punch which is just i, I didn't even <laughs> see it i just like i just heard so many bad things the trailer made me like Ugh, i don't want to see this you know zach snyder like maybe we're we may be way far afield at this point but um <laughs> From it's somewhat relevant, relevant, maybe. Some... <laughs> I, it may be somewhat relevant because, uh, like, 300 is in a way, you know, referencing the Seven Samurai. It's like a small number of people standing against impossible odds for uh, the, yeah. the, the greater good. Um, I remember, like, watching 300 in high school or middle school or whatever it was and thinking, like, this is the single greatest movie ever made. <laughs> And then as I aged and kept watching it every couple of years, I kept being like, this is not holding up as well as I remember. Like, I can track my my sort of... Um, like, just taste for movie it. Going, yeah, like, my movie-going, like, growth uh, with how much I grew to hate 300. <laughs> I've only seen it once when it first came out when I was in the military. Um, and I had nothing better to do but to sit and watch movies when, you know we weren't learning how to how to navy and uh because <laughs> that's a verb in the navy where a man can be a man that's not a lyric i made it up off the top of my head uh you should have said i read it off of a camera. ah man see it's good good collaborator uh yep. I, I so i haven't seen it since then so i don't know if it holds up or if i still feel the same way but i remember watching it going like this is incredible this is so fun you know but again, he didn't write it. <laughs> don't don't go watch it. It doesn't hold no, up. No, not worth repeat viewings. No, I haven't seen it. Save in years. the memory <laughs> if you still remember it. Fine, keep it that way. Should keep it in cryostasis in my head the way it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do have something to say about Seven Samurai, actually, though, to to bring things back a little bit. <laughs> oh right, uh, that's thought, what we're talking what? about. Oh, right. Seven Samurai. Yeah, that was a movie I yeah, watched. Yeah, it was. Uh, just a couple hours ago, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, are we talking about the end or the start? Because the start was like a week well, ago. Well, <laughs> this comment's about the end, so. I thought um, 
the the battle scene you know the the whole second half for the most part i really liked how a lot of the scenes were very strategy oriented um and kind of realistic in that sense it wasn't just like one big battle scene you know and it's just like hey we won but we lost something and you know we lost some people and that's about it i th- i thought the fact that you know they had they explained all of all of the decisions that they they were making and how they were going to win even you know against the numbers um and i, yeah, I, I like really that really too. enjoyed that yeah like like how they're can, can i be... no go ahead i'm sorry i was just gonna say like, i like how they were using that they were showing the different tactics like okay they're gonna come in on horseback in the north side so let's let's let one or two like the first couple of guys in then we'll close them off kill those two guys let them regroup and try it again and we'll let another like one or two in and close off you know i, li- I like seeing that process and how it works you know Right, that's the bone I want to pick. How fucking stupid are these bandits? <laughs> they keep falling for the same goddamn trick six times in a <laughs> row. They they only did it a couple like of times, and then they were then they learned then they figured it out. They had a scene specifically stating like, oh, they they're not coming anymore because they now know like they're not falling for that trick the bandits anymore. Bandits kept like, what's their strategy? Like, okay, fine, I get the village part. I like that it's more realistic and strategy and all that stuff. I agree with you on that. Uh, but like, put yourself on the other side of that battle. What the fuck are the bandits thinking? <laughs> I like, think they're desperate. Let's just charge at this conveniently open spot, yeah. and then we'll lose two or three people. But like, let's just do that same thing again. I guess maybe it was like, well, yeah, <laughs> you know, fool me one, shame on you, kind of thing. But like, uh, I think. It's because like they they tried climbing over the walls and just got stabbed a bunch. They tried coming in from a different side and got stabbed a bunch and or got like shoot off or whatever. So I think this was like uh, this was like the next day they were trying to get through that that you know that other side like the east side or whatever and they tried that like yeah it's kind of dumb that they tried again after like oh crap two of us just got murdered like do it again I guess that was kind of dumb but they only did that like (laughs) one more time really. Um, but I also think, like, maybe because they're desperate, because the whole reason that they're invading this one village is because it's, like, the closest village and they're starving um, because they don't, they don't. I just feel like there's got to be another village within a couple hours ride, right? Maybe, I guess. I mean, they did. That hasn't hired samurai and fortified, <laughs> like, just go there. Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my impression that like they were just desperate enough to keep trying and keep like I mean they even said like oh this uh, you know these, these bandits like they they're not going to try again tonight they got to regroup and try you know after tonight so we're fine for now but they're not going to wait any longer than a day or two because they need food they don't have anything so it's going so they're like you know that's what Kambi was saying like it's going to be tomorrow morning that's they're throwing the rest of them, the last 13, they're going to come at us in the morning because they, they're desperate. They have to. They're here. They've put too many chips on the table. They can't back out now. So maybe that's why they're doing the stupid tactics. Like, let's just run in. <laughs> let's just go in on horseback. At some point, they were just yeah, committed. Yeah, I guess if you're a bandit, I shouldn't expect you to be too intelligent. Mm. Right? That too. Um, so you want to do ratings? Before we do ratings, what are you guys drinking? Because I realize, like, both episodes, we were all drinking different things and drinking during the podcast. Devin, Devin got I the I am best. drinking sake in uh, 
Sake. In, in, in the spirit of the episode. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find... I went looking for sake, and I couldn't find any. Oh, Devin's even got a little... Oh. He's being extra hipster today, and he's got the I've had this traditional <laughs> Japanese. I've had this for years. What are you talking about? Right. What What is the brand, hmm? Devin? Like what What actual sake are you oh, drinking? I don't. I don't remember. I'd have to oh, look at okay. the bottle. And... What type is it? I'm drinking. I'm drinking Asahi Asahi beer. It is advertised as Japan's number one beer, so I'm still. Ooh, what'd you find? Have that? you had a? You know, s- s- I found s- Sapporo. Is that the name of it? There's another Japanese beer that I've had. I've only had one Japanese beer before. I think it was called Sapporo. I mean, the people won't see this, but the, oh, my camera's reversed. Looks, uh, I see it the right way. Sapporo. Oh, really? It's really interesting for the listening audience. <laughs> Yeah. I am drinking red uh, wine. It's just Japanese beer. I found. Red wine? Red cool. wine? I feel like I've had Japanese beer before. I didn't have any time if, between like finishing watching the movie and then like I just raced home. I grabbed some food, ate it in the car on the way here, then walked in the door, set up my, my equipment, and just started recording. So. Tyler no loses notes. two points for this episode. No. <laughs> so for those of you listening at home, Tyler doesn't care as much about thematic <laughs> drinking as the rest of us. Uh, he doesn't care about you or your enjoyment of this episode. I'll be the villain. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Drinking Ironside Red California Wine. The year? 2014. Wow. Oh, man. Back uh, back when the world wasn't ending. Oh, yeah. Today's uh, okay. a doomsday, right? What's up? The world's supposed to end today, right? Um, what? This is a more believable end of the world date just because of uh, the climate that we're in right now. Well, this is like, I mean, this is one of those like rapture days, suppose, you know. <laughs> one of those, <laughs> one of those rapture days, you know. You know, that we've had. Uh, they come all the time. It's like a, yeah. It's seasonal. It happens every fall. Uh, so, Devin, uh, uh, out of 10, what do you, what do you give it? I the wine would give it a nine. A nine out of ten? A nine out of ten. I really liked it. I um I got a lot out of the film. I would actually watch it again, um, several times, even though it is long, probably in installments, but uh <laughs> yeah. um I, I really liked it. I thought it was uh yeah, I thought I thought it was almost perfect, actually. Hmm. Nice. Well uh Matt, what do you what do we think? Oh man, I'm of several minds. I'm gonna go with seven point five. Better than last time. Um, better better than last time. I understand kind of why it's a classic, um, but I thought it was hard to sit through, and I I did think it had issues. Um. So yeah, seven point five. I think it's beautiful. I think it's beautifully shot. It just goes on forever. I love that that last one of the last shots in the entire movie, where the three remaining samurai are standing in the gra- like in front of the graves of the four samurai up on the hill. That was so well mm-hmm. done. No, and and I think like it's really effective how he uses, um, and uh, you know, like I'm totally stealing ideas, but like the way he uses weather uh, to sort of like reflect some of 
the emotions inside of people. Mm. I think is I really said great. this, didn't I, Tyler? About that last scene with the with the yeah, rain the during the final battle for the final. Yeah, so good. Which is like so cliche, but at the same time, you kind of have to wonder like this movie's old enough. It's <laughs> cliche because everybody stole it from this. That's what I'm thinking too. Like, yeah, I think it's cliche now because he they set the precedent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of like, you know, this is an aside, but I do sometimes, um, you know, we've done this twice now, and I do kind of catch myself, like, wondering, like, should I give this movie a pass by my modern standard? Because it, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, for, so, then I guess I'll jump into my rating, because I'm thinking, like, had I watched it, you know, like, in the time period when it came out, it probably would have, like, blown my mind, because it was, like, it was breaking so many barriers and setting so many standards that like I feel like it would have given a 10 out of 10 at the time but like me now watching it after seeing so many things that took influence from that movie like I probably just for my personal enjoyment of it I think I give it a 6 out of 10 um I mean I I really like the characters I really liked um the the story as a whole uh but I think that they really needed to I mean the hammer maybe, has maybe just because like <laughs> uh maybe because like just because of being spoiled on movies today or whatever like i just felt like the pacing was off like i just like i got really like i just like all right let's let's just move past this a little bit can we just get to the next thing or like see you know again like what you're saying with characterization like i most of the characters i didn't really know or care about and um there's only a select few that I was like paying attention to and like worried about or, or cared where they went. Um, so like overall I loved it. I, I really liked the movie. I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Really? Really? Um, I don't think, I don't think I could. I don't think I can sit through the entire thing. I think I'd rather watch a remake. I don't you know, know of that same story. I don't know why I didn't have an issue with the pace. I'm usually like more susceptible to the pacing of films. And I, I really have a, have a tough time with slower, slower movies. Um, I really felt that this was, paced well though i thought all of the scenes brought were necessary and brought something to it you know with the exception of you know really just a small handful but maybe that's just me i mean that's just yeah i mean i i thought that like they could have shaved off easily an hour from from the whole movie you should watch the american I, i really liked it and again like maybe like had i watched it in the 50s when it came out i'd be like holy crap this is um you know this is a masterpiece and i still kind of think it is it's just i'm spoiled and i'm i live in modern age where like you know we have breaking bad and (laughs) we have like the hateful eight i haven't seen it but you know like i'm sure that's a more uh tense movie where i actually like like i didn't i was impressed by the way the movie was made i didn't actually feel anything for the most part for the characters because like I just felt so distant from them. I just like I was watching these people go through these things and was was interested, but I didn't like shed a tear. I didn't I didn't like feel like afraid for them. I didn't like I was just kinda like, Oh, this is neat, this is really cool looking, but I don't really it's not it's not hitting me in a deep way. Like not as much as like uh, close encounters did, you know. But um Which is insane. Hey, you know, to each his own. I was talking to my dad about that movie who grew up with that movie. And when I said like, oh yeah. So one of our, uh, one of our members of the podcast hated it. And he's like, what, what? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> he's like, that's insane. <laughs> but then I mentioned the whole like family problem and he's like, oh wow. I didn't even really think about that. Holy crap. He's like, 
it's like i haven't seen it since i was like you know younger so like i didn't ever really thought about the family he's <laughs> like maybe i need to go back How and watch do you it. not think about the family but when you're a kid you, you just think like look at this fun adventure this guy's going on look at the family leaving that just means like like how like crazy it makes him look and how like f- fun it is as a device in the movie not like look at the pain he's putting his family through <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, uh, it it's Devin's turn for uh, for next week's yeah pick. Oh yeah, I don't I don't even know what you we're don't. doing. I'm super excited. I do. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Know. Tyler <laughs> does. You ready, Matt? <laughs> I'm picking <laughs> Metropolis. Oh wow! I know it's a good. Pick. Have you seen it? I have seen parts of it. I've never sat all the you way have. through it. I have not seen. it. I've always wanted to see it. You know, because it's the most influential movie in the sci-fi genre so to speak um so yeah i'm pretty excited 1927 two and a half hours of a silent film let's step it up a notch (laughs) (laughs) you thought you were bored with this one (laughs) but get ready bored's the wrong word i think exhausted maybe what does scott say buckle up (laughs) (laughs) um i uh devin and i were watching the trailer for this movie and i was actually impressed with the just the trailer uh, just how big it looks! It was like, a, so many huge sweeping scenes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. A, this is like the movie that invented effects, right? Uh, it was one Seems of the bigger like movies in the early days. I don't think they were the first ones to use special effects. I think it's the trip to the moon. Is that what it's called? It was the first one to use like special effects. Yeah, with know. the the moon that's like a guy's face, and he's like, hey, what's that? and yeah, then the yeah. spaceship like pokes him in the eye. Bah! It was all it was all like camera trickery with you know props being at different perspectives, but um, but that was the first movie to be touted as having like special effects. I like to call it camera tomfoolery. Camera tomfoolery. Yeah, it's my fun way of saying camera trickery. That is a fun way. It's fun, you know. Wow, I'm having so much fun saying that. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, anybody? Anybody got any closing statements or anything? All right. Well, that was our show, jerks. We'll see. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Blomp. Wait. Wait. Tyler, what, do what, the outro that? music. Oh, an- another outro song. Yeah. Hey ho! This was our show. Watch it or not, you got to go because it's the end of the show. And it's just- oh wait no because you want to you're gonna cut a piece for the beginning like last time. <laughs> this time, samurai. <laughs> <laughs> it almost bye went, people almost. later